on this week's episode of Marketing O'Clock. Move over, Delta New. Lambda Mum is in town. Google IOUs your time back after Sundar Pichai wasted it talking to a paper airplane. And for anyone Pinterested in non-Google news, we have some ideas about the platform's new content format. All on today's show. Marketing O'Clock is your weekly dose of digital marketing news, a proud part of the Search Engine Journal podcast network. We record every week from the Cypress North Studios located in beautiful Buffalo, New York. Tune in to our critically acclaimed Famous Friday News Show for insights, updates, rants, and much more as we cover the full gamut of digital marketing for you. If you want to follow along, just check out our show notes or head over to marketingoclock.com for all of the links from today's articles. And please subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. We have a new sponsor today that I am so excited about, you guys. Roll out the red carpet because the ninth annual U.S. Search Awards are open for entry for 2021. You guys obviously already know about the U.S. Search Award. It's only the most prestigious award show. I think it's pronounced prodigious. Prodigious? <laughs> prestigious. <laughs> there you go. Well, however you want to pronounce it, it is the most of everything in the industry. Hosted by Don't Panic Events and We Are Search, the awards are back to celebrate outstanding search across America with awards honoring organic and paid campaigns for different industries, agencies, consultants, and digital marketing software. So why should you enter the U.S. Search Awards, you may ask? Because winners win business. Winners also want to work with winners, so it's a great way to attract new talent. The application process also gives you a chance to look back at your work and think about what you learned and what you would do differently next time. Plus, it's really a nice way to celebrate your team. And I bet they actually send out their awards, unlike um, Greg of the Year runner-up, who... I'm working on them. I got them in a bag. (laughs) The clock's first ticking. So get your campaigns together and get your submissions in now because early bird access ends June 18th. Visit ussearchawards.com for more details. Hey there, I'm Christine Zernheld. AKA Shep. I'm Jess Butt. And I'm Greg Finn. And it is officially Marketing O'Clock. Here on May 21st, 2021. <laughs> Remember, you can catch our famous Friday news shows on youtube.marketingoclock.com or your favorite podcast player each and every Friday morning. All your digital marketing news from the week. Powered by the digital marketing community. And if you want to join the conversation, just hit us up. We are at Marketing O'Clock everywhere. And you can join our Discord community at community.marketingoclock.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another fabulous show. Thank you for being here, and thank you for being here, Jess. We haven't seen you in a couple weeks. I missed y'all. We missed you, too. What is going on in your world? Well, since I have last been on the show, my child tried to eat a severed squirrel tail, so I'm a changed woman. Where did Excuse he... me? Yes. Is your child a wolf? No, he's a human being, a little boy <laughs> who found a severed squirrel tail behind the wood pile. We looked, we could not find the rest of the squirrel. This poor kid tried to put it in his mouth. It was a whole thing. I think you need to be worried about how it was severed. I have some theories. I, we have some feral cats around, but I kind of debunked that because we couldn't find any other parts. Of course you did. I think it was a bird of prey flying over that was eating a squirrel and just dropped the tail. It was like perfect cut. Like no blood or guts, just full length squirrel tail in this kid. Tells the worst picked part. Picked it right? up, tried to eat it. Yeah. I don't know, man. It was a thing. That's terrifying and I hate it. Yeah. I'm now officially a parent, I think, <laughs> now that that's happened to me. <laughs> Greg, what about you? You're not going to be for long. <laughs> I've just been very stressed out. I'm going on vacation as you hear this when it launches. And I am just waiting to see what devastation happens with this planning. 
So okay, I'm just I'm just like my anxiety levels are up, and then work. <laughs> it's been a week here at work in general, so I don't know. It's just gonna it's gonna be a bunch of folly. I should um, I should chronicle the vacation and all the, its shortcomings. Yeah, maybe and I'll, you're bringing the kids. Bringing the kids. Maybe I can put it over as like stories or something on our marketing clock Instagram. Yeah, oh, everything's got stories. Where, where should yeah, I put it everywhere? I can put it somewhere if you want. If anybody's interested. Okay. Well, good luck to you. Most people look forward to vacation, but not me. I'm, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I look forward to you coming back because I can't wait for the stories. <laughs> like actual stories. Okay, and intern producer Caleb, what do you have going on? I am in my last week of school ever, I think. So Ooh. that's nice, you know. Finishing up, I have one five seven page paper left, but uh, I'm gonna save that for Thursday night, right before it's due, of course. Yeah, that's amazing. We were saying you should use GPT three. Yeah, <laughs> or you just leave a couple pages blank. Oh yeah, <laughs> no, they won't know. No, just like if pages two and four are blank, and it just seems like there's something really good, and be like, yeah, that's wow, and that's how you start page five. Well, me and intern producer Caleb have been hard at work this week setting up a marketing a marketing o'clock TikTok, and I'm really excited for you guys to check out our first talk. Did you say working hard or hardly working? <laughs> <laughs> working very hard it was honestly so much harder than i thought okay so it check it out watch it now we're gonna play it for the youtube and i'll explain it quick after because i know this is just great for our audio only listeners. <laughs> <laughs> get your money man like go no, i'm hopeful yes i am hopeful for today take this music and use it let it take you shop this is really good okay i'm so glad you think so i know it's really hard to read but like I feel like that makes it funnier. Yeah, you just watch it multiple times and catch a different bit every time and just keep giggling. <laughs> because it's about the Facebook yeah. ads um, appeal process and it's just me in the beginning. I have the highest of hopes that we're going to get ads up tomorrow and then they're just approved and I can't find the link to chat with support and then they reply and I'm not there anymore and then I'm disapproved anyway. So, And this is based on a true story. Yeah. <laughs> Facebook ads. So follow us at Marketing, o Marketing O'Clock on TikTok. I'm making no promises about how much we're posting because this was actually so hard but follow us anyway and Jess mentioned this just a moment ago but a quick reminder that if you're not in our discord community you are really missing out you can join us right now at community.marketingoclock.com we're sharing the news as it breaks we have separate channels for paid organic and social and shoot the heck where we basically complain about Google ads and make fun of them. And we have all of our numbers for our podcast listens. We're talking about growing the YouTube channel. So you can see all of our actual numbers right in there in the weekly show section. Yep. Community.marketingoclock.com. And getting into the news this week. Upon recording this, Google I.O. is currently happening. So basically all of our main news this week is announcements from the event. First, they have some Google shopping announcements. After four paragraphs of garbage, Google's Bill Ready said, Google is expanding its partnership with Shopify, introducing a new simplified process that will let Shopify's 1.7 million merchants feature their products across Google in just a few clicks. This new collaboration with Shopify will enable merchants to become discoverable to high intent consumers across Google search, shopping, YouTube, Google images, and more. Great. Thanks for letting us know how that's going to happen. Mm -hmm. um, the rest of it is less garbagey. <laughs> he also said that when you view any screenshot in Google photos, there will be a suggestion to search the photo with lens, allowing you to see search results that can help you find the pair of shoes or wallpaper pattern that caught your eye. So for example, they have this picture of this guy from the basketball app. I believe it is Stephen Curry, right? 
Yeah, for sure. Chef Curry. Yes. Right. And it's just him on the court, Stephen. And he's standing there. He's waving. He has like his fashion on. And you can tap to see his fashion. Of, cur- of course, nobody's interested in the convertible pants he has on. <laughs> are those considered convertible pants or are they not? They are. Okay. No, 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 no. They're breakaway pants. There's not, a difference? You can't, they don't convert into anything other than something non-wearable. They're not convertible. Oh, those are the snap up the side? Snap up, yes. Yeah, Remember breakaway, those? Tear away, yes. Yeah. Okay, well, they're both a fashion faux pas. Speaking of which, Greg shirt. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> they're looking for shoes. So you can click and see what the shoes are. And so if you open up and you look at, at Stephen Curry's shoes, you could probably find these ones over at the uh, Good Feet store. You think so? It's no. a running joke about how ugly is in, in like dad's shoes his shoes are. A running joke? Like Steve has ugly shoes? shoes? Yes. And he, he put out these like white on white colorway uh, last year that were like like Nike Air Monarch bad. Yeah. So Remember like those? barbecue shoes. Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah. He didn't do anything to you and now you're making fun of him on our show. Not he's on my fantasy basketball team this year. I'm a big fan. Okay. We'll be a little nicer. So the next announcement might just be the end of my marriage. Quote from Google, we know you may open your browser intending to shop, but switch your focus to an email or news article, or you might not be ready to buy yet. I think they said that backwards. In reality, you're logging on doing something important, and then you start shopping, and then you get back to what you're actually supposed to be doing. But anyway, they're introducing a new feature in Chrome that works locally on your device to let you see your open carts when you open a new tab. No. That's terrifying. No. I don't want this. No. I want the opposite of this. Yeah. I want it to be logged out of the cart and signed out. Yep. Get rid I don't of it. I want them to like save my cart, but I don't want to be reminded of it because then I'm just gonna end up spending more money. Yeah, or heaven forbid, you know, the husband opens your computer. Yeah. Sees what you're shopping for. Or like Christmas gifts. Yeah. Ooh. It's not gonna be good. It's all ruined. We don't need this. Yeah. Open holes. So, some cool things. Do you guys have any other thoughts on these shopping announcements? It, it's one of those, the thought, if somebody wrote it on paper, you're in a meeting, and everybody's like, oh, that'd be great. And then you're seeing it, and you're like, oh, no, we, nobody wants it. Yeah. I wish the Google Lens thing worked in Zoom, because we had a call with a client today, and she had the coolest wallpaper. I want to know where she got it. should have just asked her. It's the power of human connection. Yeah. You're better at that than me. <laughs> hey, what's your wallpaper? You actually complimented her on your decor. You could have been, where did you get that from? I didn't want to detract from the conversation. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So what else is happening, Greg? All right. So we're going to get into the search-specific items from Google I.O. And we'll start with the simplest to the most complex here. First off, Google Lens, like Shep just talked about is pretty popular. There's more than 3 billion searches with Lens every month. Month. Does anybody here use Lens? No. no. I use Lens once a week. Do Love you? I don't even know Google how to Lens. use it. It is phenomenal. You take a photo, you just hold down if you're on an Android device, it pulls up all the text. I was just using it trying to figure out um, the model of a, a stove. Took a, a picture of the manual. I just held down, I found the number, and I just selected it, web search, boom, bought all the parts, done. You just don't have to type stuff in. It's really nice. It sounds amazing. Seems useful, but I'll forget. Yeah, and I have an iPhone. Yes. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) The next searchy part uh, from Google I.O. was that the about this result is expanding. As you recall, there are those three little dots next to search results, organic search, search results only, and it will provide helpful details 
I'm helpful in quotations, according to me, <laughs> including descriptions when the content was first in- indexed, and it's coming to all English language searches worldwide later this month with more languages to follow. What I really would like, I know there's that little drop-down carrot where you can see why you're seeing that ad. I would like to see this for ads. So you can see who is actually on the bill for this ad. You can still see things like, why am I seeing this ad? Black ads from this source. But it's kind of weird that you don't see it for the ad part of it. Yeah, I feel like we've talked about it before, like they announced it, but it's not a thing. Or they teased it. You you can get more information on it, but it's not nearly the same. Mm-hmm. Which is like you should probably make both things similar in my mind. Like I'd like to know when it was first launched. Like all these different things. I don't know. All right. Next up, there is some new technology that was announced over on I/O, and it is Lambda. L capital L lowercase A capital M capital D capital A. And it's short for language model for dialogue applications. And that really seems like it should be LMFDA, which I liked. It's kind of like LMAFO. You Some know? things just shouldn't be acronyms. LMFAO? What are the same? The party rocking people. You know what I mean? Oh, wow. Right? Yeah, that's a callback. Yeah. Love them. Great tunes. Anyway, they go on to say, language is remarkably nuanced and adaptable. It can be literal or figurative. Like, we didn't know that? I'm with you. This is the garbage you usually spare us on. I should. I should. (laughs) Uh, It's been a week, folks. I'm sorry. But they say that versatility makes language one of humanity's greatest tools and one of computer science's most difficult puzzles. Lambda, our latest research breakthrough, adds pieces to one of the most tantalizing sections of that puzzle conversation okay i don't like this language did anybody watch this i watched this and i'm like Mm -hmm. i just was in discord oh my gosh what is this what are we doing anyway if you go back and you watch this google io sunar pachai is talking to a paper airplane to explain lambda a paper airplane clearly doesn't have feelings or emotions it would be hard to have a conversation with um, but Sundar was saying something like, what's the worst place you've ever landed? Or it might have been a woman. It might have been um, some something laid on to it, but he announced it. And the paper airplane, Lambda, says, says back, that would have been a puddle. It was I was just barely intact, so I stuck there for a few minutes. It was quite annoying. And I'm watching this being like, are, are, is this real life? Is this real life? No. You're the biggest company in the world, and you're using this to talk to a paper airplane. And so many people are watching like at work when they have other things to be doing and you're wasting our time. And then it's like, what the question is, what's the secret to a really good paper airplane? And Lambda paper airplane says, well, my good friend, I must ask, I must first ask you to specify what you mean by good. Some may think it's how far it goes. Some may think it's how straight it goes. And some may think it's how it lands. So what do you think? I was like, I will never in my life communicate to a fake object. Is this what we've come to? Is this what quarantine and lockdown? This is what we're talking to paper airplanes. This is a real philosophical paper airplane. Yeah. Too. It's like, what do you mean by yes. this? I, I don't need your <laughs> lip. You're a paper airplane. <laughs> I, they really could have used like a teddy bear or something, at least with a face. This is the most ridiculous example. And I love paper airplanes. They're and kind of my thing. I couldn't care less what a paper airplane thinks of. My six-year-old son is probably out there licking squirrel tails, and he can make a paper airplane. (laughs) 
Anyway, it's similar to BERT and GPT-3 and Lambda is built on a transformer. I'm going to say this again another second here. It's a neural network architecture and it's open source in 2017, the the, the transformer. So um, let's get dark here for a second. They go on to say, and whenever you talk about it, you know they're addressing it just because it's going to come out later and there's going to be a problem. And they say, the most important question we ask ourselves when it comes to our technologies is whether they adhere to our AI principle. Language may be one of humanity's greatest tools, but like all tools, it could be misused. This is coming from the company that fired Timmit Jibru in December, the head of AI um, ethics, and lied about it on the record and said that she resigned. And she came out and said, no, I got fired. I was asked to leave. I couldn't leave. And you don't hit like you're firing everybody on the AI side over there, and then you're like, oh, it could be misused. Yeah, because you wanted to. <laughs> okay. I can't use that a paper airplane. No, I got an email from Google, and I'm I'm on a bender today, so <laughs> oh. that's where I'm at. Anyway, I w- in this example when he was talking to paper airplane, or she was the the it was about a paper airplane. I just wish they would have done it live. That is <laughs> one of my favorite things about Elon Musk ever. They bring out this stupid Tesla truck that looks like a DeLorean on steroids. And he's like, it can stop a bowling ball. And he takes the bowling ball and just throws it right through the window. And it cracks the window. He's like, let's try it again in the other window. Cracks right through that window. And I'm like, you know what? At least I know this will be fixed by the time it gets to production. Like, Do you know? I'm pretty confident. Okay. Like, I'm pretty confident with that level of embarrassment, they're going to fix that. This, I would love to see an actual call out from the audience to be like, oh, oh, you're, you're going to introduce Lambda? All right, let's 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 talk to a, 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 a cow. And then it's going to be garbage. Anybody can script this. This is all fake. And what is even the point? Like, why do we want this? Well, th- so the marketing angle is um, chatbots now stink, right? So that's mm-hmm. that's one big, big thing. If you can have that conversational angle, if you can have that... We've already seen it roll out where you can start uh, reserving tables without actually having to call. Google can get through and have conversations. So there is a time-saving element. There is a chatbot element. There is a lot there. But don't hide it by being like, oh, here's a paper airplane you could talk to. Right? Like nobody cares about that. And in reality, you're out there calling restaurants, talking to people, not identifying yourself as a robot, and you think that's fine. And then you're all worried about ethics while firing ethics people. So whatever. All right, and then Pedro Diaz at Pedro Diaz on Twitter has the guy and the girl meme uh, classic here, where the guy is holding hands with GPT three. The guy's SEO, and he is not looking GPT three. He's looking back and whistling at Lambda. Yeah, you need Lambda to write your paper, intern producer Caleb. Oh yeah, there you go. I'm gonna look into that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, Caleb, if Lambda doesn't work, we've got a new technology called the Multitask Unified Model or MUM. And this is something that Google has launched on I.O. And they're able to better understand much more complex questions and needs. So in the future, it will require fewer searches to get things done. Personally, I'm pretty good with my searches. I like doing a little read. I like like feeling like I, I did something. Okay. You know, like I like being like, oh, I need to figure something out. I'm going to get a couple different sources and I'm going to make that decision. I like the decision part of it. I like the information, but I like the decision. You like the process. Love the process, trust the process. <laughs> Sam Hankey, forever. Anyway, Google goes on to say, like Bert, mom is built on a transformer He's architecture. 
but it is t- <laughs> 1,000 times more powerful. So screw you, Bert. Mom's here. Mom's the word. It not only understands language, but it also generates it. Great. It's trained across 75 different languages and many different tasks at once. And the 75 languages is actually really cool. So you can go out and figure out what other folks are saying in different languages, combine them, and try to get better answers back to people. The example here was there was a question like, I've hiked Mount Adams and I now want to hike Mount Fuji next fall. What should I do differently to prepare? And they want to say this would stump search engines today, but in the future, mom could understand this complex task and generate a response pointing to highly relevant results to dive deeper. Nobody made this. Nobody searches in their life. Nobody has put this query in in their life. Definitely not. Maybe in the future, people will just talk to their phone. Probably will talk to their phone. People are idiots. And they'll be like, I've hiked Mount Adams. The example, you can see a gif of what happens. It goes through, it's like, oh, fitness training for the terrain. Oh, there's Sheeta Trail is one of the easier routes. If you're going to climb the largest summit in Japan, don't just ask Google and take the word. <laughs> All right. That's that's my number one thing. I feel like they should use more examples for like new parents because the Google searches are so weird when you're like, mm. I have a six month old and it's 80 degrees in the room. Should she be wearing her magic Merlin suit? Like there's very specific. Th- <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like use how that. to remove hair tourniquet. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> you haven't talked about that. On the show. No, no. no. We can for talk good about reason. it. We should not. Yeah. Anyway. From the article, and I'm, I'm going to step on the take of the week with this. They say, eventually, you might be able to take a photo of your hiking boots and ask, can I use these to hike Mount Fuji? Again, don't do this. <laughs> but mom would understand the image and connect it with your question to let you know your boots would work just fine. It could then point you to a blog with a list of recommended gear. But you don't need new gear. You have your whatever. <sighs> I know Mama understands everything, right? That's her job. But this is just like, <laughs> how do you know if the boots would work fine? And, you and have something you're dying to say. <laughs> no, I mean, it, it's not going to know if the boots are going to work fine. I know. You can't, the picture they had didn't talk about the soles. There was nothing about any issues with the boots. It just was a picture of a boot. And it's like, can you wear these? And you're about to go up a 13,000 foot summit up this. Don't do this. And then this, you could just see where it's going at IO. And then this is what I, why I was quiet for, a second, for one second, this whole show. Google is out there praising the fact that they have answers for everything. All these different things and even what they showed in the GIF is scraped from original content creators and original websites. And in the case of the GIF, maybe it'll change. There's no attribution. There's things like the Yoshida Trail is one of the easier routes. Official climbing seasons, July to September. Altitude sickness can be an issue with no source. Google, you didn't just go out and got this. You either stole it, scraped it, or somebody manually inputted it. You paid for it. And it is the context is so essential for these things. I, I just see this and they're like, we're going to give you the answer. You're not giving the answers. You're saying you're going to go put you to this blog for hiking boots and hiking gear that could work for people that put the time and money in and they're scraping all these different things. With It's just... You're framing it like you have the answers for everything and you're going out there and finding the answers. 
say you will find the answers and I'll feel better about it. Yeah, it's crazy that you are stealing the content from these websites that are like doing the work and then you're rewarding these blogs for hiking gear that have nothing to do with it. It's not technically stealing because these blogs could block it, right? You could you could block the content. But they're not going to because then they're not. Why would you it do is, that? It's going to hurt them. I agree, but there, it's more of like, in my mind, it's not stealing. It's more of a taste of e-bombs world from back in the day where you take all the stuff, no attribution, or beige cardigan, or what are those other stupid Instagrams that are oh. out there? Where you don't give attribution, you don't say something, you're just like, oh yeah, we have all the answers, we find all the stuff. No, you, you don't have the answers, you find the answers. And when you see these little errors where feature snippets are going back and forth, there's no attribution, it goes, one feature snippet is taken from a source, you click on it and it goes to a different Google search, there needs to be credit, and that's my that's my issue. All this stuff is fantastic for finding information. Credit it, and if not, nobody's going to want to make things anymore. It's just it, it's it's sad in a way to see wh- where it's going to be in five years, where Google's an answer for everything. And in my opinion, that should not be what they try to go towards. They should be trying to be an aggregator, a collector of information. I agree. Amen. Shall we lighten things up a little bit now? No. Okay. You want to talk about dumb things? <laughs> um, actually, this first one's not dumb. Did you guys see the Project Starline piece? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> what is it? Yeah. I, I will ask for your opinion in a moment. But for those that hadn't seen it yet, Google describes it as a magic window. And through that window, you see another person, life size and in three dimensions. And if it truly works the way it does in the demo video, which I hope you guys watched, it is. It's like you're literally sitting across the table from someone in from the same hologram. room. Yeah, hologram. It's it. Well, monogram. It's, yeah, it's like a pane of glass. It's like a screen. But and it can like, be like your grandma or whoever. Yeah, and that's the touching example too. They had like somebody with their baby, and it was meeting a relative for the first time. So when I first saw this, I was just like, "Ah, oh, the pandemic is chilling out. People are getting back together. We don't need this. You're too late." So really, even before COVID, though, we could have used something like this. If you think about all the families that live in different parts of the country or even the world that don't get to be together often, for people you really do want to be with and can't, like this beats the pants off of a phone. And probably a long way off from being standard office equipment, but I think this could be the future of remote work or at least client meetings. Like we've proven in the pandemic that we don't need to be in the same physical space to get things done. But I think we have all also seen the value in that natural conversation that tends to happen more so when you are in the same room. So I think that this could mimic that or at least be a huge step up from Zoom, which I know we're all sick of. Again, probably way far off in the future before it's just standard anywhere. But I think it's really cool. I don't know. I don't know. I think it could be cool for like events if you have two people talking that aren't together, but I don't need it for like my calls. I think it's like a GPS controller. It's it's fine for like a very specific period. But the minute you're putting goggles on your head, you don't need this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think this is like a photo booth. Like you sit y- you and that's sit how they create the experience where everyone's the same size. So I, I get that. It's like a big piece of equipment. But the technology behind it is really, really cool. Watch the video. It's awesome. They're also doing a cool thing with photos that essentially creates a moving picture or a memory. And TechCrunch said it best and perhaps most dramatically, quote, taking two photos taken a second apart and having an AI hallucinate what comes between them, leading to a truly weird looking form of motion that shoots deep, deep into the uncanny valley from which hopefully it shall never emerge, end quote. I don't feel that strongly about it, but there was also a funny tweet from Danny Winget at 
super scientific on Twitter saying, what type of magic is this with a head exploding emoji? And I don't know who put this link in the notes here, but they wrote, oh no, after it. Greg, was that you? I'm not scared of this. What's the problem? I hate this. Why? You have one image and another image and you're letting AI... I'm, I'm more concerned about the people that think that's good. That's like, oh, here's here's we're gonna make a movie out of two fo- two pictures. I'm sorry, you didn't take a video. You don't get video. You don't get to make fake video about an event that didn't happen with two pictures. And it's different than live photo. It's it's it, it is just two single images, and it stitches together to create video in between and show what happened. It, I'm not as mad oh, as you. So it's like, Ken Burns in 3D. Who cares? It's not Ken Burns. It, it is. Assume it's making up in between. So it's like if you like, for instance, like are winding up to throw a ball and then you throw it in the last picture to like fill in the motion. Yep, in it'll have your arm <laughs> move. Weird. It's a picture of a child. What they have is a picture of a child and his baby brother. And somebody rolled over and somebody moved their head. And it created video, AI, a, a deep fake of what yeah. happened in between the two photos and somebody's going to be like, oh, I'm going to share on a social media. It didn't happen. It didn't happen. In between that, the brother rolling over, maybe he licked a squirrel tail. We don't know what actually happened. <laughs> I don't know. I, they did use like only children in their examples too, which I feel like maybe freaks some people out, but it, it really doesn't bother me. But again, I know it's not the same as live photo, but I use live photo all the time and I love it. And it just felt like that yeah. to me. So I get like I disappointed when much. somebody sends a picture of the baby now and it's not a live photo. <laughs> yeah, because you like to watch it and then you get audio. So I guess that is technically video. But if it's fake, I, I guess. I you guess. just take a bunch of photos and stitch them together, and make fake video. <laughs> no, thanks. That sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> Well, Google has also put in a lot of work. There are some other cool things coming too that we didn't touch on and we'll have the articles, all the articles in the newsletter. You can read more about it if it's of interest to you. But Vertex is a new platform to house all of their AI development tools in one place. Duplex will soon be able to help forgetful people reset their passwords. It's not just making appointments for you anymore, Greg. What's Cortex? Cortex? Are we naming like parts of an ant? No, he's had a lot of axes. Oh, well... (laughs) There's probably a joke there about all my exes, but I like don't have any. Married my high school sweetheart. Anyway, new features coming to Firebase. <laughs> Lots of health apps are coming to Wear OS. And if you drive a Beamer, your Android phone could be the key to getting in. Like literally, it could be your car key. Starting with BMW, and then maybe they'll work their way to my Honda. But I still don't have an Android phone. So yeah, or my matter. Equinox. <laughs> Someday. It's it. yours now? Oh, yeah. I drive it all the time. Oh, okay. Whoever's dropping off, the lady gets it, and I usually am. <laughs> All right, let's put a pin in I.O. and just talk about something else here in the main news. Big news from Pinterest. A new feature called Idea Pins has been launched, and I'll just start. I'll say it. I hate the name. To me, every pin is an idea, so that's stupid. But aside from that, it is a really, really cool tool. And it was born out of the story pins that were launched back in the fall. However, idea pins are an evolved format with more features and better editing tools than the original. So according to TechCrunch, these pins will allow creators to record and edit creative videos with up to 20 pages of content using tools like voiceover recording, background music, transitions, and other interactive elements. End you, quote. That's, that's what iOS 14.5 is going to do. You're never going to leave these networks. That's going to be the goal. Well, but this makes sense here, right? They actually have, they're trying to keep people 
well, they're trying to have people create on Pinterest for sure and then giving them the opportunity to share it elsewhere. You can export these story pins, but why would you if you can engage with your audience here and build, like really build a following in a place that makes sense for you if Pinterest does? They're working on a royalty-free sound library, which is super nice of them. And you'll have like the story things like stickers and whatever, but you can also create what they're calling a detail page with further information like instructions or if you're doing a recipe, an ingredient list. They're also expanding their Pinterest analytics so that creators can see metrics around these idea pins. It's like a suite of legit useful tools, a way to offer more details for engaged users, better analytics, and the ability to export this creative, use it elsewhere, and then your story's not even gonna expire. Like Pinterest is in it to win it. I, I have zero negative things to say about this. I don't know about you guys. What even makes it a story if it doesn't? I thought that was the definition of stories. I not guess. in Pinterest world, okay. they don't expire. But yeah. you put all this work into it, it's nice that yeah. it's evergreen. It's I nice. think it makes sense for the platform, for I sure. I like the fact that it doesn't expire. I still don't understand why you split everything up. It seemed to me like Pinterest was for one specific thing i get it you can do these stories but i don't know i'm not i'm you know me i'm not a big stories person unless you uh follow at marketing clock on twitter <laughs> where you can i guess chronicle my vacation so good luck with that <laughs> now it's time for this week's take of the week this is a hashtag fire digital marketing take with extra spice served up for you we simply deliver the take for your consumption. We give no opinions. We don't influence. You make the call. And this week's take of the week comes from Hillary Quinn from Proximo Web Design at Proximo Webs on Twitter. And she <laughs> quote tweeted Danny from his at search liaison Twitter handle, Danny Sullivan. And Danny had said, meet mom, the multitask unified model and linked over to the story we talked about. And then Hillary's quote tweeted it saying, I mean... Good to know, smiley face, eyes, and pulled the quote. It could then point you to a blog with the list of recommended gear. Hashtag Google I.O., hashtag mom, hashtag SEO. And that's my thing. You still need somebody to, to curate this. So Great take, Hillary. And now it's time for this week's I See Why Am I. This is something you just might not have seen. Maybe something you overlooked. But you shouldn't have. I see why am I people from Andrea Cruz at Andrea Cruz 92 on Twitter. She says RSA is done wrong. And she has a picture of an RSA. I'm assuming this was responsive and not on purpose from Monday.com headlines in order. I'm reading it as I read it online. That actually saves time. Simply manage your orders. Collect, manage, and track orders in one easy-to-use platform. Start your free trial today. Collect, manage, and track orders in one easy-to-use platform. 14-day free trial. <laughs> and then Anastasia Sorokina replied and said, always keep in mind that RSA descriptions are mixed and matched. Yeah, so this is an example of why you just always need to pin. That makes absolutely no sense, and the person looks nuts. This actually saved no time. <laughs> they should have just written this ad. <laughs> Thanks for the reminder. Yeah, and there was some back and forth on that as well. Other than that, where Ginny, Marvin, the Google Ads liaison got involved. And it was a little rough. Where I think one of the tweets got deleted even. Um, where Ginny had referenced the help section for the RSAs. 
And then Colin Slattery come in saying it's impossible. You can't write 10 plus headlines with three combinations to make sense for all of them. And then Larry Chassie jumped in and was kind of combating that a little bit, saying automation has the capacity to be very good at some things, but this is where it does not. Google's automation is like adding all your favorite foods in one single dish because you would love it, but would ice cream, pizza, and chili dogs really go well together in a bowl? And that's the thing. Like, you don't know what's going to match. That's the tricky thing. And Ginny, again, is a phenomenal asset to the industry. She says, I get what you're saying, but it goes to show individual goodness can be yucky when combined. The same goes for RSA combos. With automations, it is important to be strategic with inputs. I shared this earlier, but the do's don't here might be helpful. And that's why I want to use text ads, but then they never show. It's because it's not it's not machine learning yeah. where you could possibly have a headline that says, that actually saves time. <laughs> Simply manage your orders. For Monday.com. It's sad. It's crazy. More like Sunday, am I right? <laughs> the U.S. Search Awards are coming up on October 7th, 2021. The competitive use of search category recognizes campaigns for SEO, PPC, and content marketing. Judges will be looking for campaigns that demonstrate excellent results that meet or exceed objectives. And the coolest part about the best use of search awards is that they're broken up by industry, so everybody gets a fair chance to shine. There are categories for all of these industries in both SEO and PPC that cover e-commerce, finance, travel, and leisure, non-for-profit, B2B, B2C, FMCG, fashion, nothing there about Bopis or Bopis, but <laughs> most major verticals are there. So if you have fabulous campaigns from this year that you want to enter for the U.S. Search Award recognition, visit ussearchawards.com to see the categories, download the entry form, and remember, early bird access ends June 18th, so get over there now. Now it's time for this week's lightning round. At this point in the show, we split up our content into three parts, paid, organic, and social. First up in the paid universe this week, we need to take a minute to talk about the new Google Partners Resources dashboard, specifically the part about optimization scores. So Greg tweeted about this last Friday, and Barry wrote an article about it. Oh, PPC Greg? Greg of the year? No, it was oh. um, so second runner-up. So I'm like, share. I'm Greg. Yeah, on yeah. this show. Okay. There's Greg and then there's PPC Greg. Save that but for Greg But only one is Greg Collectors. of the year. <laughs> anyway, Greg Finn tweeted about this on Friday and Barry wrote about it for Search Engine Roundtable. And his article starts with, quote, Greg Finn went on a great Twitter rant. <laughs> Your mom must be so proud of you. <laughs> My mom doesn't know what I do nor care. <laughs> okay, so getting into the point, here's some lines from the new dashboard. It says, optimization score is able to determine your campaign's goal through your bid strategy. If your campaign is in the optimal, fully automated start bidding strat- smart bidding strategy, your goal is openly expressed. If your campaign is not in such a strategy, your campaign goal is derived from the recommended smart bidding strategy, which is based on your account and campaign data. It makes no sense. Then they have these check marks that are green, yellow, and red. Green means Google Ads understands your bid strategy and has a focus goal based on that bid strategy. Yellow means that Google Ads does not understand your bid strategy. Red means that your optimization score has defaulted to a conversion focus, 
which can be recommend which can be remedied by setting a new bid strategy. <laughs> there, we we had a party that day, <laughs> to be fair, and I read this so many times I could not figure out what was happening. Google can't understand your bid strategy. They made up the bid strategies, and maybe they can't understand them because they like combined them all together and made new names yeah. for them. <laughs> hey, Google, target ROAS is now maximized conversion yeah. value with uh, concentration in target ROAS. Does that help? We don't understand them either. Thanks, Google. And I think what me and Greg both took away from this is it sounds like you're being punished and you can't be a partner if you use enhanced CPC. Well, the way I see it is green means go, yellow means caution, red means bad. Mm-hmm. And also, the red example seemed okay to me. That... If your optimization score is defaulted to a conversion focus. Yeah, what's wrong with Who's that? Who's not focused on conversion? Isn't that what we're supposed... I could get it if it's just CPC and it's not enhanced and there's not some... I, I don't get... They're like, hey, oh, we got this new system, green, yellow, red, and then it doesn't go on to say anything else. Yeah. So Greg asked Jenny to clarify and we'll let you guys know if she responds. But, but the, other, the other issue that came specifically from there is the fact that they said you could dis, you could cultivate your score, essentially, if you're a partner, to um, apply or remove specific things. Um, and that you could dismiss all the things, which is pretty cool. So that is a positive. If you feel like going through and dismissing it all, you can. Again, the big issue is, at one point, it goes, you have the ability to further personalize your optimization score. And that goes on to go, opting into max conversions, max conversion value, target CPA, target ROAS, or target impression share. And that leaves out a lot of different things, right? Like, does that mean if you're a partner, you cannot use CPC or any kind of manual bidding? That's kind of what it sounds like. Who would be a partner? I will take that thing off the site as fast as possible if that's the case. I just, every time they're like, oh, we concede. You don't have to hit these scores. So you see this, there's your spidey sense goes off, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. There's so, some something's up. We'll let you know if we hear anything else about that. Oh, and, you'll hear. <laughs> <laughs> and next up, a tweet about Facebook ads from Queen of Spice, Pamela Lund at Pamela at Pamela underscore Lund on Twitter. She says, I have three accounts where I've been doing essentially the same thing for two months. Two tanked over the last month and one is killing it. The biggest difference seems to be spend. High budget accounts are doing better than ever. Small accounts are drowning. This is the Facebook ads version of the rich getting richer. That's just sad. Facebook's so advertising sad. strikes again. Yeah, I saw it in the TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> and next up, there was a tweet this week from Tanya Dua at Tanya Dua on Twitter. And she says, as longstanding ad targeting practices get phased out, brands are building up first party databases of their own. Anheuser-Busch InBev says it has more than 2.5 billion consumer IDs that are boosting sales by as much as 80% and recall by 35%. And David Herman, Herman Digital on Twitter, retweeted and said, the downside for smaller upstart D2C brands, they don't have the luxury of InBev's money. This is why the little guys get punished while the rich get richer. I just, yeah, again, very sad. Facebook's advertising. And another tweet from Queen of Spice, Pamela Lund. She says, oh, we have to edit this one. (laughs) Queen of Spice strikes again. She said she was going to have more spice for us on Twitter this week. 
In stupid Facebook heck category, if you're getting an error when you create new ads that claim the pixel isn't associated with the account, but it is, uncheck website events in the tracking section and recheck it. Like what a nightmare that platform is. Thanks for nothing, Facebook. And if you want more Pamela Lund, tune in coming up Tuesday the 25th here. We have a new marketing talk coming with the one and only PPC Kirk. Mm -hmm. At PPC Kirk, PPC Kirk, and Pamela Lund. Yep. And that and Cole Soldwish yeah. from episodes I think eighteen, nineteen, and twenty of our marketing class. Oh, you have the episodes offhand. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's, he's an OG. He is on episode twenty. Somebody go back and look it up. Okay, I'm gonna hold you to it. Look at that! It's officially marketing o'clock here at Cypress North for June first, two thousand and eighteen, where we run through all of the digital marketing news and happenings of the previous week. I'm Greg Finn, and I'm Cole Soldwish. And that is it for paid. What's happening in organic? We have so much. It is actual lightning round style here this week. Google Ads has announced privacy-focused changes for analytics, tag manager, enhanced conversion. This comes over from Carolyn Leiden over at SEL. And machine learning is extended to behavioral analytics in Google Analytics. That's the first news. Secondly, you can adjust your consent mode in Google Tag Manager. So if you're trying to use... The cookie issue is obviously a problem, and these are going to be enhanced conversions to help preserve measurement. So from the article, Carolyn says, enhanced conversions allow tags to be consented, first-party data, and give a more accurate view of how users convert after engaging with ads. So check it out if you want more. Next up from TechCrunch, rise and shine. Shine overtakes Amazon. And I personally had never heard of shine before. I'm sure, Shep, you probably have. No. No, Caleb. You know Shine? Oh, cause he, that is it's Shein, isn't it? Oh, I bought a tennis step off of Shein. My website called it Shein. I did a video about Shein. You all right? We Shein? ruined it already. But close your eyes. No. Everybody think. I don't want to. S H E I N. Shane. Sheen. Shane like vain. Shane. Well, unfortunately, Rita Leao didn't tell us how to pronounce it, <laughs> but we should know it because its quiet rise has reached a crescendo as it takes the crown from Amazon is the most downloaded shopping app on iOS and Android in the United States, according to app trapping, tracking firm App Annie. Not the most downloaded in this room, apparently. Yeah, never heard Sweet. of it. Nope, not here. All right, next up, over on social media today, YouTube is expanding access to its new clips option. And it's another way to share. So YouTube is rolling out those clips again. That's where you can take a 60 second slice and share that, which I'm sure we don't want over here. <laughs> like, you don't <laughs> want to share this 60 second episodes here. Um, but there's going to be 10x more channels that have this available to them. So that's pretty cool. Um, so next time I blow a heckin' head gasket, you can just take that clip, Glenn, Barry, whoever it is, and turn that into news or whatever. All right, this is like super old. This has been a long week. This was a big deal on Monday, and now nobody cares because of <laughs> Mom and Lambda and Bert and Ernie and all that. Glenn Gabe said, a new Google, a team of Google researchers published a proposal for a radical design, redesign, quote, of search, quote, that throws out the ranking approach and replaces it with a, sing, a single large AI language model, such as Bert or GPT-3, or a future version of them, which would be Lambda. So... That was big news on Monday. Nobody cares here on Friday. All right, next up from Brody SEO on Twitter, Brody Clark. 
he found uh, the Google Local 10 pack is back. It usually shows three listings, three local listings, and now there's 10 in this test. I'm personally just a little concerned about Brody because he keeps looking about car crash issues. Ew. Like he's on his desktop. You're on your desktop? You may not, I hope I hope the car's okay, Brody. Yeah. Thoughts and prayers. Well, if you're looking for it on your phone, you might cause a car crash. So. True. Yeah. yeah, so this is a healthy move. Yes, yeah. responsible, Brody. Mm-hmm. All right. And then from Rich Howard on Twitter, he had a quote. He messaged John Mueller. At John Mew, imagine you're a lawn care company and you are creating blog content purely to build links that is not even related to lawn care. Topics are 2021 best cities for new moms, (laughs) 2021's best cities to get stoned, and it generates links. What are your views on this? John Mueller would say, I guess stones and lawn care are kind of (laughs) related. Or the Are right you kind kidding? of plants and stoners. <laughs> it but sounds like general, I responded to it. <laughs> it's like Jess responds. Yeah. Check me out on Twitter. And then he goes on to say, but in general, what uses its rank for content you don't want to convert visitors from? From business POV, ranking impressions and clicks are nothing without conversion. Rich goes on to say, they aren't trying to rank for it. They're doing it purely to build links. They are building a ton of links like this to gain the system. They are growing exponentially this way by having links from high profile sites picking up this content. It just seems very shady. And here's the tweet that to me is news- newsworthy from our stupid show to report, but I haven't seen anybody else report it. John goes on to say, it seems like a wasted opportunity. We wouldn't see this as being against the webmaster guidelines. Our systems do use things like context and anchor text into account for links. So it feels like they're mostly building a reputation for non-lawn care content. Now, the big deal here is that traditionally, Google in their in their search central documentation, SEO and their terms and conditions say, there's something called link schemes. And from the TOC, they say any links intended to manipulate PageRank or a site's ranking in Google search results may be considered part of a link scheme and a violation of Google's webmaster guidelines. We've seen this before where people would make up stories in order to get links and get traction. Apparently, it is not against webmaster guidelines anymore, according to this tweet from John Mueller. So everyone's going to build link building schemes on their websites because SEOs can't have nice things. Yep. Is this why you wore your shirt today, Because right? <laughs> no, I love take SEO. This, I'm going to put a skull and yeah. an X. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, to me, this was just a big deal. I think it, there you go. He got four likes on this tweet, but saying that you can just go out and it's not against their guidelines to say 2021 best cities for new moms for lawn care company. Also, did you look at that and find it out? Um, no. New mom yourself? I have a house here, so. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. That that seems like a pretty big turn. Yeah. It just seems like he didn't read. I'm truly shocked that this isn't all over the place. Yeah. Like, SEOs usually go crazy for this stuff. Bear Schwartz, write an article about it. Yeah. All right? Throw me under the bus. All right, next up from Casey Newton. <laughs> Casey Newton on Twitter. If you look at the behavior of the Chinese government, you don't see any resistance from Apple. No history of standing up for the principles that Apple claims to be so attached to. There's a huge article over at the New York Times. And then Casey pulled out a specific t- quote that I thought was worth talking about. Under the new setup, Chinese authorities ask... GCBD, not Apple, 
for Apple's customers' data, Apple said. Apple believes that gives it a legal shield from American law, according to the person who helped create the arrangement. GCBD declined to answer questions about its Apple's partnership. And Casey said, darn, Apple gave away legal ownership of Chinese customers' data to something called Jisao uh, Cloud Big Data, owned by the government of Jisao Province, so it could get around American laws that prohibit sharing data with Chinese law enforcement. <sighs> Great. Not, nothing's good. Don't Just burn your phone. Okay, next up. Humanity is wasting about 500 years per day on CAPTCHAs. Other than Jess <gasps> Bud, who likes them and thinks they're a I game. enjoy my time spent there. Oh my yes. God. How dare you? Give me all the road signs. I'll find and them. And Cloudflare went to go on in the title and say, it's time to end this madness. And I agree. I love Cloudflare. They have something called cryptographic estudiation of personhood. So good. I, the last time I had a cloud uh, 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 captcha, I had to go around a nude person on a boat. Are you? Are kidding? you kidding? No, I tweeted it. This is like a nude person on a boat. It's like this is a bicycle. No, that's a <laughs> naked guy in a boat. All right. Next up from big news over at Third Door Media, marketing land is no more. Martech dot is no more. They're combining into just Martech. Martech.com, home of the biggest Martech conference. It's now combined. And I believe I read like 600 articles over Marketing Land. And I really enjoyed the time building that up. And I do think it makes sense to roll in there and keep one search engine, one uh, Martech related. All right, next up from Barry Schwartz. There's a new Google search ranking algorithm update signal on the 13th. There's a lot of chatter about it. So in your Google Analytics, pause the show, annotate, potential update on May 13th. You can do it while you listen. You don't oh, yeah, while you listen. Okay, and we got to hurry up, so no shenanigans. Wait, forgot the chart of the post here. And it is the Mosecast post where Mose has the weather for the past 30 days. And this is just like maybe the fifth, sixth most turbulent day in the past 30 days. I love to see it. Welcome mm. to Mose. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next up, Smashing Magazine has a case study about how they improve their core web vitals. And I went to Smashing Magazine. I looked at it. It's pretty cool if you're trying to imp- increase your core web vitals. I realized Smashing Magazine used to be about design. I looked at the site. The site sucks now. Really? I wonder if it has anything to do with it. There's no images on the homepage. There's nothing. Like, did they actually you take no images, images on a design site? I mean, barely. There used to be about beautiful design, and right. now it's like just big it's bad. Tech. It's terrible. Like you're smashing freaking design. And it sounds smashing like- magazine. Freaking magazine. It just sounds like the name of the magazine you would grab to like squish the bugs. But like, I'm glad you you smashing calling. Fix your core web vitals. That site is much worse than I ever. Go to the Wayback Machine. Look at it in 2015. It's a better site. Mm. Although the core web vitals are probably better now. (laughs) All right. Next up, over on social media today, YouTube has some upcoming improvements. They're going to upload their their default settings. Will have a improvement where you can have multiple defaults you can choose from per video. So we might be able to say, oh, this is a clip. This is the full show. And you can just pull in those defaults. Really, really, really cool. Um, You can also upload video directly from Google Drive, which is awesome. And uh, you can pre-publish the checks on, on mobile. So you can say that this is not copyright and, you know, intrusive or any of that stuff. 
All right, and that's Barry Schwartz. Google, just be, this is the actual name of his post. Google, just because your site ranks well now doesn't mean it will rank well forever. I look at this, I'm like, what are we doing? And then <laughs> I open it up, I was pleasantly surprised. He started by saying, just like Saved by the Bell was great for four seasons in 1989, oh. it didn't mean it would come back and be a success in 2020. Same with your website that ranked well in the early 2000s or even ranks well today. It doesn't mean that since it ranks well or ranks well now, it will always rank well in the future. I read the whole article, unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, unfortunately, and he finished it saying, why am I covering this if it's so obvious? I just wanted to make it a Saved by the Bell reference. End of post. Oh my God. A treasure. Man. He's a treasure. It's amazing. Okay. Dr. Marie Haynes shares her thoughts on whether or not there is a benefit in using Google's disavow tool today. It is the 2021 disavow advice of Marie Haynes. You should check it out. There's also a state of link building over at aria.net. If you are a link builder and you are concerned or interested in link building, didn't see anything about that. Google stopping using links and all their mom and Lambda and GPT-3 and blah, blah, blah. No, link, you can't figure that out. Like that's the one thing they can't crack is a freaking link. But so anyway, check that out, the state of link building your disavows. And then there's a whole bunch of good content over there. Uh, if you want to look at the Google I.O., there's preparing for page experience ranking session. There's also a AMA session. I couldn't ask anything. I was going to ask if I should just delete my website, but they didn't let me in. Maybe they blocked me specifically as a new troublemaker. <laughs> and then lastly, SEM Rush bought sellzone.com. They're the buyer, publicly traded company. Somebody found it out. It was Ravi Parwani at Ravi Parwani 33 on Twitter. So maybe something new is coming over on SEM Rush, aka Sem Rush. And that's it for Organic Jess. What's happening in social? First up in social, don't delete your website, Greg. Terrible idea. Although your core web vitals may improve. But this is social. So let's talk about Facebook Blueprint courses. If you want to be successful with Facebook's discovery commerce, there are new courses for you. And if you are saying to yourself, huh, what? What is Facebook discovery commerce? It's essentially machine learning that puts products of interest in front of customers by anticipating their needs. So if you are in e-commerce, definitely check out that course catalog. Good stuff. Speaking of e-commerce, Move Over Taco Tuesday Live Shopping Friday is here. <laughs> Beginning <laughs> Friday today, May 21st, and running through mid-July, big brands will be live streaming beauty, skincare, and fashion content every Friday on Facebook. Or it's every day on QVC, Hi. QVC app. There's that too. But I just love this because I'm vaccinated now and I'm allowed to go out for a drink without ordering food. So my Friday night plans were definitely to watch Abercrombie and Fitch go live on my mom's favorite social network. I'm staying in. Yeah. Do you get the smell with this? Aw, the smell of, I don't think so. I don't think they like, figured out how to put the smell in the computer yet. The judgment. Oh, there's always judgment. They can see you through your webcam. Okay. <laughs> All right. Also on the live streaming front, Pinterest is getting in the game. The platform is planning a three-day all virtual event featuring live sessions from 21 of their top creators with shopping functionality included. So get excited for that or just be like, shop and stick with QVC. Next up, a tweet from Larry Chassie. It's at L-C-H-A-S-S-E on Twitter. He says, 
This came up for me this morning on Instagram. Looks like we can hide likes now. Hashtag PPC chat. And he has a picture of a notification he received. Choose how you see likes on posts. Now you can hide like counts on people's posts so it's easier to stay focused on what they share. You can also hide like counts on your own okay, posts. I was I just lo- going to say, I want it on my own. But it's cool. You can just be like, I don't care how many likes Shep has. I don't want to see them. Yeah. I you love like it. it. I love I love it when people are just trying to rationalize things. You know, and they're like, <laughs> oh my God. You didn't look at the actual photo because you're just so enthralled with the number of likes on it. None like, of this matters. Now you can hide like counts on people's posts so it's easier to stay focused on what they share. Does anybody give a heck about a stupid number? No, not in this room, I don't think. But there has been a lot. I feel like we report on this every couple of weeks. There's a new test or something. So I, I hopefully stop the presses. This is over. But there's bigger stop the presses news from Instagram or potential news, I should say. This is from Mac Rumors, but it's by way of Alessandro Paluzzi. It's at Alex193 on Twitter. Three words, people. Instagram on desktop. Oh, yes. already on desktop. Well, not to post, Barely. though. Oh, posting. Yes, yes. Sorry. I should well, have added a fourth via word. The business manager on Facebook. Yeah, yeah, but what if you're just a regular person? I'm just yeah. letting the people know. You were just sunshine and rainbows today, Greg, and that's my job. So now they say karma is a B word, but not here in this next piece of news. Reddit what? has announced the launch of Karma Lab. <laughs> Wait, what B word? Heck. Oh. Okay. Oh. <laughs> karma Lab is Reddit's new in-house creative strategy agency for advertisers. In their own words, it is a team of best-in-class creative and strategic minds. Those who know the ins and outs of Reddit and are backed by media, marketing, and ad industry experience that make them uniquely positioned to guide and collaborate with brands as they find their home on Reddit and in culture, which is a nice little add-on at the end, but lovely. Next up, not quite news, but not quite tool enough to be called a cool tool. We have a lovely list of search operators for advanced search on the Twitter machine. There's handy items like forcing search for an incorrect spelling, ands, ors, and more. So you can check out the link in our newsletter and get your search on if that's of interest to you. Right? It's nice. Sometimes things are spelled wrong for a reason, people. All right. We will close out social with a trip around the rumor mill. Jane Manchin Wong at Wong M. Jane on Twitter did her thing again, and it looks like Twitter might be working on a subscription service, which they're calling Twitter Blue. And for just $3 a month, it looks like it could give users access to features like bookmark collections or essentially folders for your bookmarks and the ability to undo tweet or untweet, whatever you want to say. She also said that multiple sources have told her that Twitter could be launching its new verification program as early as next week, but we cannot verify that. Ourselves. You know how we always ask, like, what would you tip for? Or what? Who would you pay to get tweets from Jane. Oh, her. Jane mentioned Wong. Yeah. She has everything. She deserves it. She does good work. So we will probably report back in a couple of weeks that these rumors come true. But for now, speculation. And that brings us to our real life segment. Straight out of our accounts and into your ear holes. It's time for Working Hard or Hardly Working, where we talk about what's going on in our IRL work. Good, bad, or otherwise. thing I have been loving lately that I think happened while I was out, but... When I get emails from clients, there is an external label, which I think is really nice to know right away that the client is involved and you don't have to go searching for that. So if somebody doesn't equal your company on the email, it's flagged as external. Yes, it's a yellow label at the top. Love to see it. That's really nice. What about you, Jess? I'm just super stoked. This is not a new thing at all, but the the view changes feature in Google Tag Manager 
I never really dug into it before and I was kind of troubleshooting something and trying to figure out where a change came from that I didn't create the other day. And you can compare the tags side by side and it'll show, it'll highlight the differences. So whether it's a setting or a line in the code that's different and it just points it out to you, it's absolutely awesome. Haven't really needed to use it until recently and my mind was blown and grateful. What about you, Caleb? You're almost done with school. What'd you learn? Uh, me and Greg were looking into some video ads that we ran and Basically, if you go to analytics within the YouTube ad, you can see or you can segment out information right after retention time. So it tells you breaks down it by age, by device, um, I think by other stuff too, like campaign and ad group. But uh, I thought it was really cool because it lets you see like, for instance, um, like people on TV didn't skip the ad, obviously, because it's a lot harder to skip, a fi uh, you know, past five seconds on a TV than it would be a mobile device. So yeah, that's cool. We had women watching much longer for a specific well, women clothing product that's unknown. <laughs> Weird. No way. Yeah. Cool. And for me, something working hardly working. I've been trying to be so positive and give tips and like jewels every to every week this past month here. I just got an email from a Google rep that just totally threw us all under the bus. And I just I don't understand their philosophy or strategy with dealing with advertisers and everything and then the data that was presented to the client with us included is that you could get x number of extra clicks per month what their recommended budget would be and then what an ex expected incremental revenue per month would be none of which align none of those num none of those metrics are the same estimated clicks a recommended budget and incremental revenue where's the budget coming from is it coming from shopping is it coming from search is it coming from this and they just sent it to everybody, and I immediately just messaged our contact. I'm like, don't do this. Like, you, you, we're doing everything for a reason. We're tr we have the highest amount of private label sales we've ever had this past week. Please don't make us do this. And she's like, I trust you. I'm just That's like, great. hearts. So That's I guess it was working hard. Relationships. Yes. Yes. Get good clients. <laughs> and now for this week's cool tool. As a reminder, our cool tool segment is not an official endorsement or paid mention. We're simply sharing something we found in our travels that may be of use to our listeners and is really, really cool. This week's cool tool is a thread that shreds. And it's from Philip Vollett at Philip Vollett on Twitter. He tweets, where to get data for your next machine learning project? An overview of eight amazing resources to accelerate your next project with data. And he then proceeds to list, link to, describe, and show a screen grab of each resource. The list includes Google Datasets, Big Bad, Big Bad NLP, Hugging Face, and more. So if you are in need of some data to work with, just pop over to your inbox for the link in our newsletter or give Philip a peep on Twitter and check it out. Now it's time for our must-read marketing article of the week. An article so advanced, so in-depth, so detailed, that we simply cannot cover it in its entirety on today's show. And this week's must-read marketing article of the week comes from Moe's.com, formerly SEO Moe's. Uh, Miriam Ellis, and the name of the post is Sell Like QVC. It is. Aww. It is. And that's the only reason it's an <laughs> article of the week. And Miriam goes on to say, I didn't even know QVC still existed. Oh. More than one of my marketing colleagues has responded when I pointed to the 35-year-old home shopping empire as the way of the future. And so shop, we're going to talk QVC here. Okay. She goes, the truth is, I'd probably be sleeping on QVC too. 
if it weren't for my Irish ancestry having drawn me to their annual St. Patrick's Day sales event for the past 30 plus years to enjoy their Made in Ireland product lineup. Are you familiar, Shep? Of the Made in Ireland product line? Yes. I can't say I am. Wow. <gasps> the article is actually really good. It talks about all the benefits of how QVC sells, how you can align your website to sell like QVC. And also, she goes on to say the hosts are very important. Of course. And the quote was main host was a, was a, a, a title. And she goes, QVC hosts are personalities, many of whom have devoted fan bases. And links over to an article on NY Times. Who do you think has the fan base on QVC? David Venable. You're correct. Wow. You win. Anyway, <laughs> Miriam goes on to have actual real-world knowledge, like limited local competition equals better search visibility. Limited local inventory means more convincing authentic- authenticity. And even a small boost in conversions equals a big difference for local brands. So check it out. And there's very highly touted QVC yeah. propaganda in there. In the kitchen with David. Thank you, Miriam. All right, that does it for today's show. It is now officially not Marketing O'Clock. Remember, you can catch everything from the show by signing up for our newsletter on marketingoclock.com forward slash newsletter. And please be sure to subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast player so you don't miss a single episode. And we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to Marketing O'Clock, part of the Search Engine Journal Podcast Network. If you're looking for more information on today's topics, head over to marketingoclock.com for links to all the articles that we covered. And please be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. Welcome to this week's Shoot in the Hack. We're after our famous Friday news show. We don't talk about marketing anymore. We just... Shoot the Hack. Today we're going to play a game that only Greg enjoys. It's called Travel Buddies. And he says two people and you pick the one person that you'd want to travel with. Across the globe. You have to go okay. on your entire vacation, pretend you're me, and you have to travel across the globe with this, these, this person, okay? And you're going to all collaboratively collaboratively pick who to choose. Okay. Mm. All right, and this is the shots fired edition, where you pick one trait that each one of us has. So first up... I realized this during our graduation party last week. Even though you haven't graduated yet, you got to have five-page paper still, Caleb. Would you rather travel with somebody that enjoys their favorite ice cream is vanilla ice cream or somebody that likes lots of activity in their ice cream? Lots of activity. Activity. <laughs> what do you mean by activity? Oh, Rocky Road, peanut butter cups, cookie dough, mm. pistachio. Gotcha. Okay. I mean... Vanilla is vanilla. That's just like really boring. Uh, all the flavors in the world, you're going to pick vanilla. You're looking at me. Look at Caleb. Vanilla or Well, then I'll mess up my me, mic. Right? <laughs> Wait, why? What do you like? Vanilla? I love vanilla. I mean, but, I mean. No one hates vanilla, but you love vanilla? I feel like if you're traveling with someone, like, if people who like vanilla will take anything. But people who like activity in their ice cream or probably really want their ice cream. You know what I mean? Like if they don't have Rocket Row, they're just going to be sick. Or the person with vanilla like doesn't want to try anything new and they're like, oh, I don't want this. I yeah. can't pronounce it. You so want someone, someone who's vanilla. up for an adventure. Yeah. yeah. So what do you all say? What do you say collaboratively? Activity ice cream. Activity. 
Caleb, we know Caleb's vote. Caleb was actually right. <laughs> you are wrong. Everybody's wrong. You're 0 for 1. You want somebody that likes vanilla. Because if they like vanilla, they will like whatever the heck you exactly. do on your vacation. Exactly. You can no. go sit in the grass and watch it grow. You can you can paint a fence. They will enjoy That's it. They like vanilla. No. I completely agree. They're not going to complain. Never. That's why you bring are them. Are you going to paint fences on your vacation next week? If I go with somebody who likes vanilla ice cream, my family doesn't. All right, next I up. I paint a fence. Yep. <laughs> Caleb, go graduate. <laughs> the ice cream police. That truck didn't stop. That truck didn't get away. Everyone get getting arrested. Okay. Did I do this before? Tell me if I did. All right, next up. Travel buddies. You go on your trip with somebody that won't drink IPAs because... They're too chuggy, or somebody that will only drink IPAs. I didn't know what chuggy meant before, like yesterday. Okay. Wait, what? Chuggy? Oh, you don't know either? Us old folks know what it means. Aren't you like younger than me? Yeah. We're chuggy. It's the bougie of people of our generation. No, I didn't think that's what it meant. It's someone described it to me as like was cool in high school. I thought it was basic. Chuggy. Okay. It's basic. Like you, you're like oh, that guy's chuggy drinks IP. You People with IP. signs okay, with okay. words on their walls. Like my bathroom yeah. has one that says, "You clean up nice." I'm chuggy. That's and cute. It's like, Eat, pray, love. All that yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> so somebody that won't drink IPAs because they're too good, or people that only drink IPAs. Obviously, the only. I mean, first of all, they're going to be really dehydrated. They're only drinking IPAs. <laughs> they're going to pass out ten minutes into the trip. They That's don't have any water. Travel? I agree with this. Yeah. Why do you want to travel with that person? Because you need someone with more fun in their life. Like, yeah. what if you go somewhere that doesn't have any beer on the menu? Yeah. So then why like do you spice, go with the you know, person that only drinks IPAs? I don't. Understand. What if you're not going to India? Do they even have that in other places in the world? It's called India Pale Ale, chef. IPA. Yeah. So you're not going to India. You they want people to drink other things. But you said you want to travel with the person that only drinks IPAs. No, I I'm think sorry. You're <laughs> and Caleb, you're crazy too for agreeing. You're both wrong. The same. So what's your answer? Final answer. My answer is the person who will not drink IPAs. Yes. They want everything else. They are way more fun to travel with. That is very, very, very I answered close. it both ways. It's <laughs> very, <laughs> very close. Same answer. <laughs> okay. But what you get if you go with the p- people that like just IPAs, consistency. You get a consistent travel. You know what's coming next, and you can plan for it. And you aren't going to be like, oh, this person isn't going to drink an IPA because they won't do it. It's like, no, this person likes IPA. We'll go find that. No, they're but they're not painting a fence with you, Greg. Yeah, just so you know, you asked the same question, but one was about beer and one was about ice cream. Ice cream. It was very close, but you're still wrong. Okay, Okay, and lastly here, someone, (laughs) travel buddy, someone to go with that you know is a bad packer, packs very poorly, or going with somebody that you know is a bad driver. That's a loaded question. They don't have to drive. Yeah, it depends where you're going. Sounds like that's an answer. A bad packer, honestly, inexcusable. Like, but you need to be prepared or you're going to spend time shopping on the trip and nobody wants that. But in my experience, bad packers tend to overpack and that might come in handy. You know what I mean? Or they want to borrow your stuff. Exactly. But if you you know, you spill someone on yourself, they have an extra shirt because they pack 20 shirts, you know, if I'm the overpacker you're traveling with, Caleb, guess what? You're carrying the bags, not me. (laughs) So good luck to you. Hmm. 
It's final answer. I want. Wait, what was the one that wasn't bad? Oh, Somebody I want the bad driver. Is it a road trip? No one asked that question. Yeah, you're going to another country. You're not. Too many details. Okay. So I... your final answer is you're choosing somebody that's a bad packer. Yeah. Yeah. No, wait. No, I want the bad no, driver. No, we want the bad driver. Oh, oh yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. So you actually got the. Oh, no. I had it wrong. You are actually incorrect here. You want the bad packer because no. what you can do is. You're terrible at this game. <laughs> because you, it's a double negative question. You're saying, okay. Somebody you know is a bad driver or somebody you know is a bad pack. I want to go with the person that oh, I hey, know. Hey, go. I want to go with the person that I know is a bad driver because I'm not driving on the trip. The bad packer, you're going to have to shop on the trip. That's inexcusable. So what's your answer? I will go with the person who's a bad driver. Yes. So you said you're not driving on the trip. So then you're going to have to sit and you're just going to be holding on for dear life, trying not to be hit in the face with an airbag by I'm, a bad driver. No, I really no answered the question the both ways. Yeah, most people. But either way, you're not driving yeah, on the trip. Uber. You fly an Uber. What are you talking about, Greg? Yeah. Greg's not a travel guy, right? I'm sense. a travel guy. You get rental cars. <laughs> you're going to another I've country. I've driven in I thought we were freaking Spain. The world. What? You've driven in Spain? Yes. How'd you pack for the trip? Well. <laughs> Mm. So I, you guys are terrible. I'm waiting for the part where you're dragging me. I'm what is the answer? You didn't give me I'm an answer. Yet. With bad the answer is I'm, I'm not going. Packer. This sounds awful. <laughs> I'm sorry, I screwed up. Greg, this I thought game. you were sitting over there. <laughs> There's no answer. All right, if you're not gonna give me an answer, you lose. Okay, we all lose. Bad Packer. We all lose, and we'll see you next week. The U.S. Search Awards are open for entry. 2021 will be their ninth year celebrating outstanding search across America. Get your submissions in now because early bird access ends on June 18th. And you want to get that worm. The awards are judged by a team of international industry-leading search experts who follow a rigorous, ethical, and transparent two-step judging process. Enter your best work in the 43 categories, including SEO, PPC, digital marketing, and content marketing by June 25th. Winners will be announced at the U.S. Search Awards ceremony on October 7th. The U.S. Search Awards are brought to you by Don't Panic Events and We Are Search, both award experts who deliver search recognition around the world. So get in on this, people. Do it now.